Hey, what's going on, guys? This is your boy, Rajan Sharma, one half of the Dream Team Give and Go podcast. Today, I know I know we say this a lot, but we have a very special episode of the Give and Go podcast. My co-host, Jordan Taylor, had a very special interview with award-winning Canadian filmmaker, Kat Jamie, who is the director, writer, and executive producer of the new film that just came out called Finding Big Country. Now, this premiered at the Vancouver International Film Festival uh, just a couple weeks ago, and we're very excited to have an opportunity to sit down with Kat and talk about her journey in finding big country, seeing and meeting her hero in real life, and also being the first person to contact Brian Big Country Reeves in the last 15 years and actually get a sit down with him which for any Vancouver basketball fan or sports fan or just Vancouverite that remembers having the Grizzlies in town, you know just how much Brian Big Country Reeves meant to the city and the community of Vancouver. Kat here has done an amazing job bringing the basketball spotlight back to Vancouver and hopefully this will lead to a future where basketball returns to the city of Vancouver, which if you listen to the Give and Go podcast, you know we've been waiting for it, and you know we're ready for it, and Kat is ready too. So, without further ado, let's get to the interview. We got Jordan Taylor with his one-on-one sit-down with Kat Jamie. Let's give and go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of the Give and Go podcast. I am your host, Jordan Taylor. My co-host, Rajan Sharma, not here with us right now, but I've got a pretty good replacement for you guys today. I would like everyone to give a warm Give and Go welcome to the writer, director, and co-star of the new documentary, Finding Big Country, Kat Jamie. Kat, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful to have you on the podcast. So for those of you that don't know, Finding Big Country is this little documentary that is a lot bigger than I think (laughs) I ever anticipated it ever becoming. Uh, It's essentially the story of Bryant Big Country Reeves and what happened to him, the iconic Grizzlies draft pick when he used to play in Vancouver and where he is now. Now, so for Kat... She found Bryant Reeves, something that hasn't been accomplished by writers, by sports broadcasters, by anyone since Bryant left Vancouver in 2001 with the team. So I guess the first question for you, Kat, is something I was always taught is uh, never meet your heroes. Uh, But I think you you have something to say (laughs) along that, that famous quote, hey? For sure. I mean, I, that's definitely um, something that did worry me because I've obviously heard that as well. And um, and it just so happened that Bryant was, you know, is one of the most, if not the most amazing human. And I know I keep saying this, um, at, you know, in all our Q&As after the screenings, but he was just, um, he exceeded my expectations. Um, and like I, I say, say in the film, there's a line where I talk about how it is risky when you meet your childhood hero because, 
um, you put them on this pedestal and, you know, you, you made them something in your mind and, they, you know, they never asked to be that. Um, so there's a high, a good chance that they're not going to meet that, those expectations. But yeah, Brian exceeded all of mine. He's uh, just an incredible human being. And I think that shines through in the film. You really get a sense of who he is as a person and as a friend and as a, and as a family man and father. Yeah. Now, I mean, there was a scene at the very beginning of the film and I used to think that I was the number one <laughs> Vancouver Grizzlies fan. And then you go into Kat's childhood closet and I yeah. am not even on the radar anymore. Like, the memorabilia, like Kat is a basketball fanatic when it comes to the Grizzlies. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a problem really. <laughs> I think it's a good problem to have. I think that passion mm -hmm. is definitely, you know, led to something like this in this film. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely an exciting venture. So I want to sure. ask you what the original goal or the expectations were. If you ever got a chance to meet big country, you know, you start calling um, people, you start mm -hmm. figuring out how to get in contact with them. What was the end goal? It's funny because, you know, a lot of people have been messaging me saying, you know, I, I knew he was in Gans and, you know, th those are sort of what people would like, you know, that was the, the only thing I knew was that he was back home, but whether or not he spoke to anyone or, or did any media was, you know, in that sense, he really disappeared because he, he, he didn't, um, he hasn't agreed to do any sort of media uh, interviews since the Grizzlies left town, and then when I when I spoke to all the gr old Grizzlies workers, his teammates, um, his coaches, like no one has actually spoken to him since um, since the Grizzlies moved to Memphis. Like Mike Bibby, Sharif, none of them have spoken to him in 17 years, so they have no idea um, like where exactly he is. Like there are rumors that he's home, but you know no one has actually gotten in touch with him. So I guess I. I, I, um, I needed his permission to make this film. You know, ethics and documentaries is something I take very seriously. So I don't think I would have made this film without his permission, without his blessing, and same with his family. Um, and so that, that very first um, initial contact, when I spoke to him, I, I needed him on board this project. Otherwise, um, you know, I don't think it would have made for a good film if I didn't find him in the end. But also, I, I'm not sure if I actually would have um, made something without his permission. No, I, I, I totally agree. And I'm just glad that he said yes, because I mean, we got to mm -hmm. see into the life of this guy and a little bit from his side. And you mentioned previously about how, how honest and open the man is. And it definitely does mm -hmm. shine through in your documentary. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I was at one of the filmings, one of the sold out filmings early oh, awesome. in October yeah. and absolutely yeah. loved the film. It was wonderful. Now, when you go up and do your interviews at the end of each screening, one of the things you did mention was that you had a lot of extra material that you had mm -hmm. to remove from the oh final gosh. edit. Like how yeah. many minutes are we talking here? And is there like a director's oh. cut? Can I buy? Like, I'll yeah. give you my credit card right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's good to know. No, this is good to um, like. Oh my gosh, there are so many, like that basketball. So um, I do play basketball with him, and you know it's a quick game. We played two games, and even before that, he actually taught me all his his signature Bryant Reeves moves. And we spent literally like maybe an hour, more than an hour, in his gym. And uh, it's kind of embarrassing because I'm a point guard, so I don't really, you know, my post moves aren't the greatest. And so he's teaching me like his, you know, his like turnaround jumper. 
his like, and yeah, it's just, and, and going left side, right side. And I'm like messing up a lot of the time. And he's telling me like, you're thinking too much. Like, and he's being such a good sport and such a good coach. Um, and then another scene that got cut, and I'm, I'm not sure if this is a story I told, but um, when I left his house, I actually had a huge bag of things for him to sign. And he signed all of them willingly. And I, it was like a Mary Poppins bag. And I just kept on like, and can you sign this? And can you sign this? <laughs> and then one of the last things I, I pulled out were about like 70 basketball cards. And he, we went back into his uh, house in his kitchen and he sat down and he signed every single one of them, um, which was, I mean, it's amazing. I always say, yeah. And I always say this to like no other NBA player. I don't, I can't think of anyone who would have given me the time of day. Like the fact that he, like, not only did he open his, like, you know, welcome me and my crew onto his property. He, you know, he <clears throat> opened uh, his doors to him and his family, but he, you know, he really took the time to get to know me and my crew and, and spent, you know, spent pretty much every day with us and did, um, you know, whatever I asked him to do. He was always game. And he even, the interview that we had with him, it was, we, um, we had it over a span of two days and he was sitting on the most uncomfortable wooden chair. I felt so bad. Um, and we had him in this chair for two hours every day. So I had him for, I think the entire interview, um, was, was a total of like four hours. So he was like, he was such a sport. Like I asked him every question that you can think of. Um, and you know, again, my hat goes off to Bryant Reeves. He's an incredible, uh, like athlete and, and just human. Wow. Wow. Uh, uh, it's unbelievable. Just, I mean, going back to your story about, you know, point guard getting top post moves. I also play point guard. So I, I feel you yeah. in a sense, wow, this is great if I was actually tall enough to use it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, for sure. So the first time I ever saw the film, and this is a little bit of a, a social media buzz to it, I guess, was I was mm -hmm. going to go get ice cream at Ernest Ice Cream for my girlfriend on Quebec Street. And then when I yeah. walk by, I see all of these posters saying, missing, have you seen him, Bryant Reeves. And so from yeah. your conversation, it turns out that this was a promo that accidentally turned out into a huge marketing campaign for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tell, tell me more about, like, you know, how <laughs> these posters ended up going up there and then all of a sudden generating all of this buzz in Vancouver. Oh, my gosh. For sure. It was so um, we partnered with a great uh, street dreams are the, the, the amazing dudes who designed all our graphics. And, and our goal was to always make these missing and heavy smooth man posters. But I wanted to, when we knew when we were going to premiere, I wanted to plaster the city with them. But I wanted them to have like our, our social media handles, like at finding Bay country or like our premiere date or our website or something. Um, so that was always the, the goal with these posters, but we had to shoot, um, uh, we had, we had a photo shoot for the poster of the film and I'm, I'm sure people have seen it. It's a shot of me with my Bryant Reeves jersey spinning a basketball, looking at a bunch of posters on the wall. And these posters on the wall didn't have any finding the country on them because of course the title finding the country would go on the actual poster. So I didn't want to have the, the title twice. So these posters just had missing and had you seen this man. And so we did a photo shoot and um at the end of the at the end of the shoot, I think it was either my stepdad or my producer, um, they were like, Hey, I think you should 
let's why don't we leave these up here? These look kind of cool. And I was kind of hesitant because I was like, but there's no information. Like, no one's going to know what this is. And they're like, and there's only six posters. So they're like, no, let's just leave them. It looks kind of cool. So I was like, okay, that's like, sure, why not? Um, and then literally the next day, there was a, a media frenzy ensued. And I, it took us by surprise. Like, we, none of us knew that just six random posters that we left from an old photo shoot would ca- cause such a media frenzy. Um, but, yes, yeah, someone tweeted it. And then, thankfully, someone who saw the tweet who knew about the film tagged me in it. Um, and then from that, like, three articles were written by the province, Vancouver's Awesome and Daily Highs. And it was this really cool way to, like, naturally introduce the film to all of Vancouver um, and, and kind of got the buzz going that, hey, there's, you know, there's a film that's, that's happening, but we don't know too much about it. Um, so it was a complete pull marketing mistake. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then later on, when we when we knew we were premiering at, at VIF, uh, we made more of these posters. And uh, my buddy Josh um, did uh, all the wheat posters, um, and he just you know went to went crazy. And uh, everyone just saw them, kept seeing them everywhere. And you can actually see that a lot of people have been trying to tear them down. Because um, you can see that they've been they've been trying to rip off from the sides, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, so that's the the story of the missing posters. Kind of cool I'm one. Right in there with that social media frenzy for like a week, <laughs> yeah. I was just going mad as far as like, okay, what does this mean? Is there is there a purpose <laughs> yeah. to this? Is there an end goal? Like, I need to know. <laughs> so yeah, marketing promo gone wrong turns into marketing frenzy for your movie. Yeah, I mean, congratulations, that's great. Thank you. So thank you. How does it feel? to be the only one like there are people who are paid there are people who are their full-time job is to find people interview people for sports and develop articles Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. how does it feel to be the only one who's been able to get in contact with Brian Reeves in the past 15 years it it definitely feels uh, very special I mean I think the thing that helped me though is that I was a childhood fan and because I led with that, because I wasn't attached to anyone, because I didn't say, hey, Brian, I'm, I'm with so-and-so and I want to write a story about or, or make a film about you. I led with, hey, Brian, I'm a childhood fan. I flew myself out here um, because the Grizzlies inspired me as a kid. Um, and I, it's my dream to tell your story. Can you help me? And I think that is one of the reasons why he said yes. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely something super special. And, um, you know, to be honest, uh, we did try to get him to Vancouver uh, for uh, the premiere. And I was hoping that, uh, that he would have come. But, you know, looking back, um, you know, it's, it's so not in his, in his character. He doesn't need the limelight. He didn't need this film being made. And it kind of makes the fact that he did this even more special. It was like, I'm only going to talk for like five days and then that's it. Then I, then I don't really don't need to do this anymore. Gates are closed. Um, which I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I really respect um, and admire about him. And uh, you know, what you see is what you get. And he's, uh, he's just living his life in Oklahoma and is super happy. And, um, and I'm super grateful. Yeah. That he, that he was open to do this for, for a few days. Um, but now it's just, gone back to everyday life and is just doing his thing yeah a, a small small uh, small girl from Col- or from vancouver and gets the yeah. gets the interview i mean it's uh, it's yeah. a great story yeah. so yeah your film 
aside from being sold out for every showing and getting additional showing, it won the People's Choice Awards at the uh-huh, Vancouver uh-huh. International Film Festival. Uh-huh. Did you know there were that many Vancouver Grizzlies fans left who felt passionate <clears throat> about it? Like, we're approaching I, pop yeah. culture status here. Like, how does that feel it's, as a director? <laughs> like, that it, Yeah, that's a really good point. No, it feels, oh man, we've definitely tapped into something special. I always knew that there was an audience for this film, but I... I can like honestly say that um, the response exceeded my own expectations. Um, I like whenever you talk to anyone on the streets who grew up in Vancouver, even though there are no remnants, physical remnants of the team here in Vancouver, that's something that the film brings up. If you talk to anyone on the streets, everyone has a memory of the Grizzlies, whether it be Big Country, um, the like Super Grizz, our mascot, or like Michael Jordan coming to town and beating us. Like there are all these iconic Grizzlies moments and Grizzlies memories that we all still have uh, that are buried somewhere in the psyche. And, and I so I think this film just was um, it was just a way for us to relive and bring back those memories that we you know might have buried. Um, so it's been super cool to see how responsive Vancouver uh, Vancouver is. And, and I think this just shows how much basketball has grown in our city and how much we need and want a team. And I, I, that's obviously the next goal, uh, or one of the goals for this film is to help get the conversation going to get a team back to Vancouver. The Grizzlies are a huge part of my childhood, and I think that's what's missing in the, the, the future generation of athletes. And I, I really want that for, for this generation. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I I think that having a team within Vancouver would be absolutely amazing again. I I, I try mm-hmm. and make sure that there's a strong group of at least 20 of us to go to those preseason games whenever the mm-hmm. NBA is in town. It's definitely yeah. the goal. Um, I mean, you mentioned uh, your, your favorite grizzly moments talking to people. So, I, I mean, I was born in 1992. So as a small okay. child, that's when I grew up. I didn't start getting into basketball until the Grizzlies had basically become defunct. But, you mm-hmm, know, as mm-hmm. my passion for basketball grew, I looked into them more. And I, I can tell you, yeah, my favorite Vancouver Grizzlies moment was that losing to Michael Jordan. Where we were <laughs> yeah. up, we were winning, it looked good. And then he decided that it wasn't going to be our night and just literally yeah, took over Yeah, he just took it game. away. Yeah. So yeah, what is a- your favorite Grizzlies moment? And if you asked Bryant Reeves if he had a particular basketball mm-hmm. moment that he really remembered being special in his time in Vancouver. I think um, one of my favorite moments was, I wasn't, my brother was at that Michael Jordan game, still jealous. Um, you didn't get to that, go? That I, no, I didn't get to go, oh. but he was there, which is really cool. At least someone, one, someone that I, I was related to was there. But uh, my one of my, I guess, uh, I was starstruck when I saw Charles Barkley. I think he was one of the most famous athletes um, that I saw. And I we were sort of sitting um, right where the, uh, the players go in and out of the change room. So that was so cool just to see him um, up close. I think... My favorite parts of the game were sort of just at the beginning when you're just walking into the arena and like um, that excitement, the music blaring, and you can see everyone, everyone's just getting so excited. I think that's that feeling is what I, I remember most. Um, and I always, whenever I went to, and this is maybe why I have so much Grizzlies gear, whenever I went to a game, my dad would always say, you could always, like, I could buy something that was super small at the, like, the gift shop. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was really cool. I used to, um, and this is something that Bryant signed. I had this really small Grizzlies uh, basketball, and it was like my teddy bear. I used to sleep with it <laughs> at night. So 
So that was another cool memory. I, I want to ask Brian what his favorite memory was. He like it was all sort of like he kind of says says it in the film like they're all they were all great. Like there was not not one kind of memory that kind of sticks out with him. I think 17 years ago was a long time ago for him. So he wasn't too he couldn't get into two specifics. But he obviously like playing against Michael Jordan was obviously one of the one of his his. Uh, Great memories. Also, I mean, he—it was really cool. Um, this line didn't make the film, but he says, you know, playing with all of them. Like, and he starts naming like all the NBA greats, like Patrick Ewing, Elijah one, you know, Matumbo, and uh, it was just so cool in that moment. I was like, I can't believe I'm speaking to someone who has played with all these legendary centers. So that was a really cool moment as well. I mean, the movie, the film touches on that briefly with Shaquille O'Neal in one mm-hmm. of the segments, saying, you know, mm-hmm. that it wasn't even played with competed at that level didn't back mm-hmm. down and was very, you know, as much as the injuries did take a large toll on him, he was a competitor till the end. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been amazing. I mean, this is so insightful. And I really appreciate you coming on cat. This has been eye opening, and I hope that, you know, moving forward, finding big country can continue to grow into maybe finding the NBA team for Vancouver. Yeah. But uh, what are sure. your next steps for the film, and what, what's your upcoming projects now, now that this has gotten the ball rolling? What's what's next for Cat Jamie? And so, yeah, so it's definitely it's that, it's that feature-length documentary now about the Vancouver Grizzlies. So, um, you know, I always knew that there was a bigger story to tell. And, um, you know, for, with Finding Big Country, we, we only touch on the Grizzlies enough to understand Brian's story. But through my research this past few years, I've just there's just so much more to be to to say about the Grizzlies and um I've I've met so many people who have stories and and so um we we are it, it's still in early development but are going to hit the ground running um and hopefully going to find some more Vancouver Grizzlies uh the ensemble cast um to uh and hopefully maybe Steve Francis uh he's on the wish list I would love to talk to him and pick his brain <laughs> So, Steve Francis, if you're listening, I'm, I'm coming for you. There you go. There you go, Steve. Yeah. If you listen to the <laughs> Give and Go podcast, God's trying to talk. So, I know you're yeah, open to yeah. discussion. So, give her a shout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, this is, this is like I said, been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate that. Obviously, now you're uh, an icon within Vancouver and the basketball community. So, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. And, we look forward to when that Vancouver Grizzlies documentary comes out. You'll find me in line for those tickets. So. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Jordan. I really appreciate being on your show. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Thanks, Kat. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. Well, thanks to Kat Jamie once again. And thank you to Jordan for lining up that interview. Uh, you did great, man. You did great. So, this has been another episode of the Give and Go Podcast with your host, Rajan Sharma, and your co-host, Jordan Taylor. We'd like to once again remind you to follow us on all our social media platforms. Special shout out to Rakesh Sharma, who's been running our social media platforms now. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, at give, the letter N, go podcast. And uh, you can also subscribe and follow to us on SoundCloud, YouTube, and wherever else you go to find your podcasts that you like to listen to. Also, you can find us on basketbrawlers.ca, our official sponsor of the Give and Go podcast. Now we've given you the information. 
Now go do something with it. Give and go. And we out. Two.